Thanks for joining us for the latest message at Island Church. Okay. <laughs> so we're ready for a quick word this morning. Um, on the Wednesday nights that I have done recently, I have been able to um, do a message about the truth about unity. Okay. And we did one about division as well. But as we studied out unity together, um, I think we all saw the importance of being in unity and being in agreement as the body of Christ, as his body. And we saw God's heart and his desire for the church to be together in one accord. Um, and it allows him to flow more effectively through us when we are that way when we're not all pulling different directions and wanting different things, when we come together in the unity that is the truth, okay? Um, so we're going to use this morning, we're going to look at being the body, okay? We know that we need to be in unity. Now we need to know how we function together as the body. We're going to um, glean from the word uh, using Romans chapter 12 as our foundational scripture for this. If you want to turn with me to Romans chapter 12. And I am going to start this morning in verse 3. Okay, so Romans chapter 12, verse 3. It says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each accord, according to the measure of faith God has assigned. Um, and the Passion Translation, it says it this way. It says, God has given me a grace to speak a warning about pride. I would ask each of you to be emptied of self-promotion and not create a false image of your importance. Instead, honestly assess your worth by using your God-given faith as the standard of measurement. And then you will see your true value with an appropriate self-esteem. Okay, so before we get into what it means to think of yourself more highly than you ought to, which we're going to get into it, so don't worry. Um, just want to kind of go through the second part of this that says, how are we to think of ourselves? We're not to think more highly than we ought. We're to think with what? With sober judgment is what the ESV says. Um, now that can mean with sound mindedness, um, moderately and self-controlled. Okay. So that's the way we think towards ourselves. And these right kind of thoughts come through faith. Okay, we see ourselves correctly when we look at ourselves through the eyes of faith, through the eyes of what God's word says about us, not through our own opinions. This keeps us out of self-pity and victimhood, but it also keeps us out of pride and arrogance. Okay, so that takes us back to what the beginning of this verse said, which is Paul has been given the grace to speak this into the church. Okay? to say to everyone, that means no one's exempt from this statement, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, okay? Do not think of yourself in pride, and that is one of the words that is translated as pride. Um, so I want to read you the, the definition of pride from the Holman Bible Dictionary. It says, pride is undue confidence in and attention to one's own skills, accomplishments, state, possessions, or position. Pride is easier to recognize that, than to define, easier to recognize in others than in oneself. Many biblical words describe this concept, each with its own emphasis. Some of the synonyms for pride are arrogance, presumption, conceit, self-satisfaction, boasting, and high-mindedness. 
It is the opposite of humility, the proper attitude one should have in relation to God. Pride is rebellion against God because it attributes to self the honor and glory that's due to God alone. Proud people do not think it's necessary to ask forgiveness because they don't admit their sinful condition. This attitude toward God finds its expression also in one's attitude towards others, often causing people to have a low estimate of the ability and worth of others, and therefore to treat them with either contempt or cruelty. Some have considered pride to be the root and essence of sin, while others consider it sin in its final form. Either, in either case, it is a grievous sin. So that's what the Holman Bible Dictionary tells us about pride. Now, in relation to the body of Christ, if we're thinking about ourselves as a body, pride is a disease that sickens, weakens, and spreads. Okay? It is dangerous to us individually, but it also is dangerous to us as a body because we all affect one another. Um, James 4, 6 tells us that God is actually what? He's opposed to the proud. Okay? He resists the proud. That's a position we don't want to be in. We don't want to be in a position where God is actually opposing or resisting us. But that is the position we put ourselves into if we get into pride. And a lot of times we stumble into pride without realizing it. And the body as a whole can stumble into pride without realizing it. Um, That word for pride in, in James literally means to show oneself above others. So deep down, a pride... A proud person is self-centered and values themselves above others. Now, we're instructed to be the exact opposite of that. So I want to read to you from Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5 in the Passion Translation. It says, look at how much encouragement you found in your relationship with the anointed one. Remember, first and foremost, our unity is in Christ. It's for us individually to realize that we are in him. That's our identity. So you've found all this encouragement in your relationship with him. You're filled to overflowing with his comforting love. You have experienced a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit and have felt his tender affection and mercy. So as you came into your relationship with Christ, as you came into knowing who he is and being in him and getting to know Holy Spirit, this is what you experienced. It was wonderful. And then he says in verse two, so I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity with one heart, one passion, united in one love, walk together with one harmonious purpose, and you will fill my heart with unbounded joy. Be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. So we see here, we do have the perfect example. If we look through the life of Jesus, we see a life that's laid down, a life that was never concerned about self. And he is the example to us 
but the implications of living our life dedicated to counting others as more important than ourselves is huge. What would our lives really look like if we lived this way? Even just in our families, if we're all looking after what is good for the members of our own family, not ourselves, then there's always going to be others looking around for your best without you having to do it. Isn't that a wonderful thought? This will not work if there's one person that everyone looks after and serves because they see themselves as more important. It will not work if everyone in the family sees themselves that way. You know, we all have to lay down our lives for one another. We must give up our selfish desires. That's what makes us comfortable. That's what makes us happy. That's our personal preferences. That's our opinions, okay? If we're ever gonna look like Jesus, we're gonna have to lay those things down. When we are focused on self, it usually blinds us to the people around us, that it puts extra stress upon them, that it makes them unhappy. Um, And it's all concerned or consumed with getting our own way is really what it comes down to. Um, Imagine if in the human body, the right hand decided it was more important than all the other parts of the body. So it demanded that every part of the body do the things the way that suited the right hand, okay? Um, What would it do to the rest of the body? The other parts of the body would be overstretched, trying to make the right hand happy, and they would not be performing their functions according to what their purpose is. They'd get derailed from what they're really called to do because they're all so focused on making sure this one is happy. You know, and that's what that pride and that selfishness does is it pulls all the attention to this one part and then other things get neglected, you know, because we work together as a whole. Now, I'm not saying that there's never a situation where one part does need more attention. We, you know, other parts of the body come and they support that part for a time, get healed, you know, get encouraged, whatever that part needs, but it's not a long-term positioning. Okay, because it it does hinder the body, it handicaps the body. So if the right hand realizes, though, that it's not more important and it starts acting like all the other body parts are more important than it, then suddenly everything starts working together. Okay, Um, everything is able to function in the purpose that it's made for and function in uh, the very thing that God created it specifically to do. Okay, Um, there's a flow to it. We don't have to worry about whether we're going to get our way when we are consumed with pleasing the head, which is Jesus, and serving his body the way that he did, the way he gave us the example of. We'll be utterly satisfied and content by his peace, by his joy when we operate this way, when we will stay focused on the needs of others, on the needs of our king. Our needs are going to be met. Seek first the kingdom of God. Cynthia brought it up this morning. All these other things will be added to you. You don't have to worry about self. And that's the beautiful thing about being part of the body is that there's lots of other people who are going to worry about you. (laughs) There's lots of other people who are going to take care of you and help you and see you if we're all doing it. You know, but it takes all of us being in that unity of having that same mind that we think of others first, okay? So back to Romans chapter 12, verses 4 and 5 now. 
says, for as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Okay, so in the Passion Translation, let me get back over here. This says, in the human body there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function. And so it is in the body of Christ. For though we are many, we've all been mingled into one body in Christ. This means that we are all vitally joined to one another with each contributing to the others. Okay, so that's four and five. Now, here's Holy Spirit giving that brief overview of the revelation of the body of Christ compared to and illustrated through the human body. Just like we looked at when we were talking about unity in 1 Corinthians, we got a much more in-depth view of this, okay? But the, the focus here is the connection that they are vitally joined to one another, but they still have individual and um, specific functions or roles. So the body of Christ is living, changing, growing individual parts that are connected to make a whole. Parts can be healthy or unhealthy or anywhere in between, but we all affect each other. When there are issues, other body parts will come and compensate, you know, until the issue is healed, or if it's an ongoing thing, until another body part is raised up to do that function. Um, but the thing of it is, is it takes away from the real gifts that God has put into people when they're trying to compensate for someone else. Um, and they're not at their highest of potential. So the body is most effective and productive when every part is healthy and performing according to what it is created to do, allowing all the other parts to perform at their highest potential. And, you know, we think of uh, John Osteen saying, healthy sheep reproduce. Okay, a healthy body is going to reproduce more healthy body parts that are going to make the body more effective. They're going to grow the body. They're going to expand the body and make us able to do more, to touch more people. But it's, it takes health in the body to do this. So these are all examples of how the body of Christ works, how every part is important, but you're going to notice some parts are given more responsibility or serve in a greater capacity than others. That's okay, because we're all in different places. Um, unlike the human body, your positioning can change as you grow, and God can trust you with more. You may stay positioned in the same role and take on greater responsibility or have greater influence. Um, but the key is, just as we read back in 1 Corinthians 12, 18, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. Not as we chose, as he chose, right? So that comes down to us. We're going to have to humble ourselves and submit to God's choosing for us. Our part in the body is not according to our ego or opinion, but according to our trust in God that we know he's a good father that he sees the beginning from the end, and he knows you better than you know yourself. And he's always looking out for your best interest. So if we come to that place of trust in him, then we can trust where he puts us in the body. We don't have to question it or be in fear of it, think it's too big, think it's too minor. You know, we can get our own opinions out of the way when we are willing to trust him. So verse 6 in the very beginning of it says, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. 
Grace, in the literal, it means leaning forward to share a benefit or share an empowerment. So God has leaned toward us to share the benefits that he has, his benefits, his giftings, the way he is. He's leaning forward to pour those into his body, to share them with us by placing gifts for us to function in that what? That benefit the body, okay? We see in the Old Testament in Psalm 133 a prophetic foreshadowing of unity. So I'm going to read that to you in the Passion Translation. It says, How truly wonderful and delightful to see brothers and sisters living together in sweet unity. It's as precious as the sacred scented oil flowing from the head of the high priest Aaron, dripping down his beard, running all the way down to the hem of his priestly robes. This heavenly harmony can be compared to the drew dipping down, the dew, sorry, dripping down from the skies upon Mount Hermon, refreshing the mountain slopes of Israel. For from this realm of sweet harmony, God will release his eternal blessing, the promise of life forever. This picture is of that anointing oil flowing down from the head, from the high priest, from Jesus. Okay? It's how the anointing flow from Jesus shares his benefits throughout the whole body. Okay? It carries his anointing. It carries his benefits all through his body. And when we yield to that anointing, there's unity. Okay? When we are all unified by that oil that's flowing down from the head, then there's no competition or strife. We are all satisfied where we are, right? Where he's placed us. So the other part of that verse says, let us use them. That Romans 12, 6, at the end of it, it says, let us use them. That's what we have to do. We've been given the gifts, but we have to do something with them. We have to put them to use, not waste them. So many believers are sitting in churches with gifts to function in that they've never used. Never. Some people have been sitting in churches their whole lives and never once functioned in what God has put in them. Whether it's from a lack of teaching, a lack of opportunity, or just laziness or fear, it's holding back the potential of the body as a whole. We're instructed to use these gifts, not to waste them, so we're really going to have to evaluate. You know, the Word of God takes a lot of self-evaluation. If we haven't learned this already, it's constant. We're going to have to evaluate whether we are taking what God has poured into us for granted or whether we're participating with it as a functional part of his body. So now Holy Spirit's laid this foundation of understanding of the body to build in, and now he's going to start unfolding these different roles and functions in the body, which I don't think we're going to go even get into them today, but over the next few weeks, that's what we're going to be studying is what are these body gifts? These are gifts that are distinct from the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12 and that God put them in us for a function continually to function in. Okay, the gifts of the Spirit come upon us as the Spirit wills. But these gifts are functionality. They, they, they're something that we constantly, continually function in. Um, so they don't come on and off of us like the gifts of the Spirit do. Uh, literally every person in the body has a function that fits into one of these categories. Now, as we go through the categories, there can be multiple functions in one person. There can be a dominant function and lesser functions. 
there can be um, just one area you function in, but the point is that you function in something. No one's exempt. It is every single part of the body has something to function in. So we're not going to put God in a box or limit his ability. We're going to take this revelation that he's given to us to benefit us. And we're going to know that also as baby Christians, there may be some, you know, who are learning and growing to get to the point to discover the function. That's okay. You know, it's okay. If you don't know where you function yet, where you fit in, this message is meant to help us with that. Okay, as we get into this, I believe God's going to drop things into your spirit. You know, he's teaching you by his spirit and through his word, and he's going to start unfolding things as you seek it, as you desire it. He wants it for you as you want it for yourself. That is going to connect his purpose with your willingness. Okay, and it'll start unfolding to you where to fit in, where to find your place, where to be part of the body. Okay, so where do we function? Um, our functions in the body do not switch on and off when we walk in and out of this building. These are gifts deposited in us by God. They're available at all times, and they should be walked in at every opportunity. They are gifts that function within the body of Christ among fellow believers, whether that's in our homes, in our workplaces, when we're hanging out with our friends. They don't turn off or tune out. Um, or we, we shouldn't. We should not turn off or tune out these anointed functions just because we aren't in this building or just because we're not, you know, doing ministry at the moment. Like, we have to learn how to be his body. It's an abiding identity. It's not something that, like I said, comes upon us and leaves us. It's who we are. You know, it's who he's made us to be. It's specific gifts that he wants you always available to flow in. So we cannot limit spiritual functions or gifts to being in a church service, right? And then I want to talk a little bit about responsibility because this is another big hang-up in the body. Um, 1 Corinthians 15.58 in the Passion says, So now, beloved ones, stand firm, stable, and enduring. Live your lives with an unshakable confidence. We know that we prosper and excel in every season by serving the Lord because we are assured that our union with the Lord makes our labor productive with fruit that endures. This is a promise to us as his body. This is a promise to us as being in him, being part of his body, being in him, that our labor is going to be productive the things that he has for you to do, the things that you're functioning at in as part of the body, they are not for nothing. They are not wasted. They are important, and they will produce. And they will produce not just anything. They produce a fruit that endures, okay? It endures. It's heavenly. These are things that are treasures in heaven. What he has put into you to flow out to the people around you they have heavenly benefits. They have eternal benefits. So that's how important it is. What we do, what he places us, where he places us in the body to function, it's that important. Okay? We need to be productive as his body. We need to prosper and excel in every season. But we can only do that when we are 
functioning, when we're cooperating, when we are participating as parts of the body, okay? Are we those who are not discerning of the body? Are we slack in our function, a dead weight that the rest of the body is carrying? Or are we those who are willing, willing to offer up our lives as a living sacrifice and service to our Savior? That's what we have to ask ourselves. And just to clarify, babies in the beginning, just as in the natural, they are a bit of a dead weight. You know, babies have to be lugged around in the natural until they learn to crawl, to walk. They start growing up. And as they grow up, they're able to take on little bits of responsibility at a time. It's the same in the body of Christ. You know, babies have to be carried for a while. But then they should be learning how to crawl, learning how to walk, growing up spiritually to the point where they can participate as part of the family and have little bits of responsibility. Okay, so God is so generous to us. He's so faithful. He knows exactly what you can handle wherever you are. He's not here to put so much upon you that you cannot handle it. And he is not here to strip back from you and make you miserable. You know, that's not who he is. So we have to to know him and trust him in order to get into the participation that he wants us to be in. So don't get discouraged if you're a new believer. God does not expect you to function the same way a mature believer does. Uh, just keep going and growing. And like I said, you're, you're going to be given more responsibility. The problem about responsibility is that so many people in the body of Christ are funny about those words, responsibility and commitment. It's like the scary word, <laughs> you know, commitment. Um, so you have all these believers who are running away from these things, running away from responsibility and commitment, and they're leaving gaps or handicaps in the body. Um, now God will, he's so faithful, he'll bring other people to fill in those gaps, but what a missed opportunity. You know, what a missed opportunity if you are part of the body of Christ and you're not, you're not, uh, functioning, you're not doing what God made you to do. Um, it breaks my heart, honestly, to think that there's Christians who don't see the importance of this, um, that they can just come and get fed, get served, and refused any, refuse any responsibility or commitment. Because what I imagine is, as we're part of the body of Christ, are we going to look up into the head, into the eyes of Jesus, and say, you know what, Jesus? I just don't really feel like doing what you want me to do. I just want to sit here and let you serve me. You know, is that what we're really willing to say? If we will imagine it that way and see ourselves as part of his body and that we are looking up into the face of a Savior who laid down his life for us, who gave everything to make you part of his body, and that now you have the opportunity to be what he made you to be, to reach other people, to flow into other people, because there are specific things in you that the body of Christ needs. There's specific things in you that are going to reach certain people that other people can't reach. So it's, it's just vital to know how important you are, how important you are to Jesus, but how important you are to the body, to each other. You know, that we all need each other to do this. You know, I know that was, well, 
from here. I, I just have notes to go into um, those different parts of the body. And I, I do want to save those for uh, services coming up where we start really digging in and understanding all of those functions. Um, because like I said, I, I do believe Holy Spirit, as he is forming this little baby church that is so new, um, you know, he's just starting to bring people together. He's just starting to join us together to do the work of the ministry together, to be his ambassadors together. And he doesn't want anyone left out. You know, he wants all of us to be a part, to know that we're important to him, to know that other people are counting on us and relying on us to make this body effective. You know, and it's, it's a joy. Like I have watched it happen in Dundalk. I actually preached this message in Dundalk, I don't know how long ago, but it's been beautiful to see. Like here, it's all so new. But there, I was teaching this at a time when God was already starting to do this. Like that body there is much more formed. You know, they, they are much more functional because they have been together longer and they have started taking up that responsibility, taking up that willingness and commitment to be a part. And so it's beautiful to see the things that are happening, things I never would have thought of for the first three years of that church. Ryan and I and Tamara did everything in the whole church. So kids ministry, media, um, worship. Tamara was the only worship person for a little while. And you know, cleaning, yes, every single part, hospitality, it was all us. And it was very limited. We could only do what the three of us were capable of doing, basically. And it was, it was fine for a time. I mean, it had to be that way for a time. But once other people started finding their place in that body, it is beautiful what it has expanded into. You know, now you see people coming up with all these God-given ideas for things to do in kids' ministry. Whereas when it was relying only on me, it's only how I know to do things. You know, I was limited in what I could sow into those kids. And now the kids in Dundalk, they're so blessed. You know, they have all of these different people who are passionate about growing them up, passionate about seeing those kids, you know, get loved on and mature. And so the gifts, the, the variety of the gifts. There's all these different facets of ministry. You know, there's so many different ways that we can touch and affect and, and encourage each other, build each other up. Um, but it takes all of us in our place. It's like an army. You know, that's why so many of these words about like submission, hupotasso, it's about um, being under authority in a position You've positioned yourself under authority. Like that is a, a beautiful picture of what the body of Christ is in relation to the head Jesus being the commanding officer. And we are all, you know, submitted to him and doing what he asks us to do. But we are all doing it together. You know, in the military, you don't have, uh, you know, like a, a guy out on his own. It's all, you know, strategically planned. And it produces things. It gets things done. That's what he wants for us. You know, he doesn't just want us to come and sit and feel good about ourselves because we sat in church another week. 
you know, and that's what is happening so many times um, across the whole world. And it's not God's heart for his church because he's laying out and revealing to us what his heart is in his word. And he's saying, it's not enough. You're not going to be satisfied. You're not going to be fulfilled when you're just sitting and you're watching and you're a spectator. You know, come participate. If you bump your knees a little, it's okay. You know, sometimes we bump our knees when we're trying to figure out how to do things. That's okay. You're still doing something. You know, and that's what he wants from us. He wants um, a vibrant community of believers who are all consumed with pleasing him. And as we do it, that flow, I mean, we are going to see the anointing start flowing through people and flowing into different ministries. And we're going to touch the city, not because of us. Because that head, that anointing oil is flowing down onto all of us, through all of us, and it's touching the people around us. So um, I hope that encouraged you guys today. And like I said, I want to continue on on this and study out all these different functions and just, you know what, be praying, be preparing your hearts if you don't know where you fit in or you think you might know. Be asking the Lord, prepare my heart, get me ready, Lord. I want to find out what you have for me. You know, if you have that desire in you, he will certainly, certainly fulfill it, okay? So I just pray for you before we leave. Father God, I just thank you and praise you for your people coming together as your body. Thank you for gathering us together. We are gathered here in your name for no other reason but to exalt you, Jesus. All the honor, all the glory, it's all for you, Jesus. We thank you that you have given us that opportunity to be your body, Jesus. Oh, and we don't want to look up into those loving eyes. We don't want to look into your eyes, Jesus, with anything less than our best. Oh, we want to lay our lives down as a living sacrifice that we are willing. Oh, we're willing to do anything you call us to do, Jesus. We're not going to allow fear to hold us back. No, I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing right here, right now, this very morning. That as you speak into our hearts, Lord, that we're receiving what you say. That our hearts are prepared, they're good ground. And your seeds are going into good soil, Lord. And they're being watered. And they're growing. So we thank you, Father God, for this time together. We thank you that you're here with us. That you are always enough. You are more than enough, Lord. Everything we've needed, you are. You've been just this very day. You've been everything we needed during this service, Lord, and we're so thankful for it. We thank you as we walk out of this place of of worship, Lord, that as we go into a time of fellowship, that we're still flowing in your presence. We're still speaking your words. We're we're, um, connecting with each other. Lord, in whatever way you have for us. So, so just bless the rest of our time together here, Lord. Thank you that uh, this week is going to be a wonderful week, a, a week of opportunities, a week where we're going to have testimonies to come back and, and tell each other about and encourage each other with. So thank you, Lord. Thank you for this time together. We bless your name. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located in the city at 76 Strand Road, and we would love for you to call in and join us. Details are on our website at islandchurch.co.uk.